welcome back to the Next Community Podcast. I'm Angelo Luciani, along with Laura Whalen. Hey. From Tech Reckoning, John Troyer. Howdy. And Dwayne Lesner. Hey, guys. Good to have you guys here. Uh, in this podcast, we're going we're gonna to try something different. We are going to give you some insight into who we are, what we do here at Nutanix, and what we've been up to, and how we got here. So uh, this one's going to be a roundtable discussion. Hopefully we got some questions that you find interesting. So let's get into some of the questions. So I thought we'd start with um, how and why did you get into IT? And I thought we'd start with Dwayne on that one. I think from for myself anyway, why I got into IT, my family members, or at least my mom and my dad, are fairly blue-collar individuals. And to be honest, I just didn't want to be doing that when I was 40. It didn't seem like a great lifestyle choice to be breaking my back. So probably, I guess, maybe laziness probably was my, my driver in doing it. But I was the typical, what, what probably my friends think about when I tell them I'm in IT. They're like, oh, what do you do? Um, probably nothing. And uh, that was kind of my, my first foray when I got into it was I realized I didn't know anything about it. But um, that was kind of my main driver for it. Laura, how about yourself? I started my career in the arts. I was a painter. I was doing photography. I actually have degrees in the fine arts, um, painting, photography, art history, and English. And I kind of fell into IT. I was working for an auction, a fine art auction company in the late 90s. The dot-com boom drew you in? Um, no, not really, actually. I mean, I, it, I was always fascinated by IT, and I always... I always like technology and gadgets and things like that. I mean, I think I've always been a geek, so I just didn't know it back then. You know, I, I kind of identify more with being an artist and a writer. When I was at the art auction company, so there was an opportunity at um, at a company called DataCore Software, an IT opportunity. Um, it was for technical writing, and um, I jumped in with both feet, and I guess the rest is history. You had a passion for... For the for the writing aspect before that, you said arts, but I didn't really. I meant arts in general, so like writing and um, and also fine arts like painting. Yeah, the writing was actually what um, DataCore really liked about my resume, so um, they brought me in as as the technical writer for the company. You know, I learned the rest. I learned as I went along the technology side. Well, Laura, you created the Citrix CTP program and ran it for many years. How has your views of the IT industry changed over the years? It's evolved, I think, especially where it comes to community. So, you know, obviously we all know how the technology itself has changed and, and evolved. Really looking at the 2000s, I think community was not really a term used in the technical industry, you know, back in the early 2000s very often. When I started at Citrix, I was in technical writing still, and I wrote the admin guide for the company, and I was like, well, what am I going to do now? I kind of had a vision because at the time, community was starting to become something that people were thinking about, but, it, you know, it wasn't common, um, especially in IT. So um, I moved over to marketing. Um, I took a job as solu- in solutions marketing. And with the community side, you know, I've really seen that evolve. So from then to now, it's been unbelievable. And at Citrix, I was able to, to kind of start that trend and, and go for the ride. And, and I've moved on to a couple other IT companies. Now I'm working for Nutanix and doing the same thing. And it's been great. 
it's been an interesting experience for me too, running the V Expert program uh, and creating that uh, for many years. In my perception of of IT and IT folks that are in IT, I mean, I guess I'm not an IT person. Uh, I think the last time somebody offered me the root password was was back in the '90s. I think my sysadmin was going on vacation for the weekend, and he, he wrote down the root password and gave it to me and said, I better not use it or you'd kill me. <laughs> so, um, you know, that may be my last uh, encounter with a live production system. But in working at VMware, like you, kind of getting drawn into this community thing, I think it's been fascinating. I I kind of disregarded the IT function. You know, just make, make my network run, right? Make my storage run and just be quiet. Be in the basement like the IT crowd. I've really come to to see a whole new way of looking at the world. Yeah, I think IT people are the world's heroes, right? We keep the ships running on time. We we fly the planes. Anyway, I love working with IT people. I think yeah. I think you guys are salt of the earth. Yeah, <laughs> and I just I want to say that too is like you know when I was in engineering as a technical writer, I just saw so much opportunity because I was kind of looking at it, and they were keeping engineering um, far away from kind of the corporate activities like like the synergy events and things like that. And I was like, why is that happening? Because there's so many technical people I'm sure that are out there that are probably interested in talking to the engineers, like the rock stars that are making this happen. You know, you know, that was the vision I had back then. Oh, so long ago, you know, I made it happen at Citrix and, and that's what I'm continuing to do. I, I think I found my neck. On John's point about it being the heroes, I think probably one of the worst jobs you could probably have is being an it admin for IT people. Uh, I, <laughs> I think I look at some of the things that I request from our IT staff and I kind of take a, I take a step back and realize, you know, these guys are really smart too. It comes down to assuming things. Or um, another great example is uh, David Stafford, uh, who was working in VMware for, for the Horizon Air or Desktone. Now I think he's at Box, but he gave a good thing on FUIT, at oh, yeah. uh, Bry Forum. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw that. That was awesome. <laughs> all the crazy things that you have to put up with because you're also dealing with other technical people that are trying to, to circumvent the system. I think my background is similar to Dwayne's, where I wasn't really looking for a job sort of in construction or, or that sort of thing. I went to school, took systems analysis, and I really enjoyed the sort of analytical thinking the programming put you know step one step two step three i really really actually like that structure then i moved on to um pc support i really really loved tinkering with pcs at the time i had my uh my brother-in-law would come over quite often and you know watch me with white gloves sort of opening up pcs stripping out cards putting in new cards putting in ram taking out ram so i really really enjoyed that and then i did a few co-op um work terms at my uh, college. And that was interesting because I had to find a balance between being really technical and as well relating to other students because I had a um, student-facing position for um, technical support where students would come up to me and say, well, this is not working or I need this installed, I need that installed. So early on, I I've, I started to discover that there there's a balance between being really technical and being um, let's say really personable or those interpersonal skills. And I do recall when going through college for, for uh, systems analysis, we would have a lot of uh, interpersonal type courses that we'd have to take, which I thought was uh, 
really interesting to fall into that that entire uh, portfolio, you know, under systems analysis or, or some kind of technical training. That was really uh, interesting. And then I moved on to working in data centers. You know, instead of looking after ten or a uh, thousand PCs, now I, I had to look after uh, you know a couple hundred servers. Uh, and at that time, it was physical. Then we moved to virtual, which reduced our physical count, but increased our virtual server count. That's always uh, great. And now, now we're on to uh, Nutanix, with a, with has, which has a different model for the data center. I'm really finding that to, to really sort of challenge my thinking on how to, how to do data center uh, infrastructure, and I'm really enjoying that. I think a lot of folks uh, know us on Twitter and, and social, uh, obviously, but there, there's a question here. What's an interesting fact about you that most people don't know? Who'd like to take that first? I'll take that if you want. Sure. <laughs> I know right away. So here's the thing. I'm deathly afraid of, but completely fascinated by underwater animatronics. What? What? First to find underwater animatronics. Yeah. No. No idea here, John. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. She's from, the, she's from the land of Disney, so I might. I might be figuring this out. Anyway, right. how do you even spell that? A n i m a t r o n i c s. So animatronics are basically robots. You know, like the Disney created type of robots that are you know animated figures, and. Underwater is underwater. So basically... You had a bad experience with Jaws. No, it was way before then. You mean the Jaws ride? Or yeah, the Jaws movie? The movie. Oh, the movie? No, it wasn't that because, you know, that kind of looked real to me, you know, at the time. <laughs> I've done a lot of analyzing of this over the years because, you know, the fear took place before I can even remember. I know I grew up with this thing. I don't remember any particular point in my life when it just happened. It must have started when I was a baby. I'm pretty positive I know where I, it came from. So John hit it on the head when I'm from South Florida. And as a South Florida kid, as a Florida kid, you go to Disney like three times a year, you know, because <laughs> other than that, like your family's taking major trips out because it takes like 10 hours to get out of Florida. Anyway, we went to Disney like three times a year. I love Disney. I'm a Disney fanatic. I'm not even going to get into that. But my favorite ride was, was 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And it was a submarine ride, and it was actually like a surreal submarine. And it went around underwater, and there were underwater animatronics down there, okay? Like sharks, and, and there was a diver, and there was like there were other fish and all kinds of stuff. It looked so real. It, it seemed so real because it pretty much was except for the underwater animatronics, you know, and they weren't real. The whole thing is you probably know 20,000 Leagues, this story. You know, a giant squid comes and takes a hold of the Nautilus um, submarine, and it, it's the whole thing. And they act it out, you know, and all of a sudden it's like Mayday, Mayday. And the red lights are flashing and everything. And I love that ride so much. I th it's the best thing I've ever seen or been on or whatever. As a kid, I think I was both afraid and fascinated by it. And I would have nightmares, you know, as long as I can remember. And it still happens today, believe it or not. Like, you know, every couple of months I'll have a nightmare and it's, it's always the same. It's always the 20,000 leagues under the sea ride, but it might look a little different here or there. But what happens is when it says mayday, mayday, all of a sudden we all have to get out of the submarine and swim. And there's underwater animatronics underneath us. And it's really scary to me. That is where it came from. 
if there was a shark in the water and if there was an animatronic shark in the water, I would much rather get in the water with the real shark. <laughs> so who wants to share their other childhood horror stories? <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for sharing. I don't know what can solve that. <laughs> Angela, what's your, what's your unknown fact? I have two real quick. One is, and I don't think this is as dramatic as Laura's, but I enjoy classical music. I have classical music playing when I'm reading, uh, studying, working. I have it on all the time. I think that's something people don't expect. Not sure why, but uh, I, and I don't really have any particular classical music that I like. I just, I just enjoy it all. So I have that playing on, um, on my iPhone all the time. And the other thing is I buy more books than I read. And I don't know why that is, but you would think in this day and age with everything online, that wouldn't happen to me. But it seems like it's more accessible online. So I guess I just, I have a ton of books that I, that I buy that I say I'm going to read at some point, And I just, I just don't get to them as quickly as I'd like. So books are they are they fiction or some or or nonfiction or what? They range the gamut from maybe a productivity book, a technology book, a study guide, anything with a, a title that catches my attention. Nothing, nothing really in particular. But I really have a bad habit of buying more books than than I read. And and I heard um, I heard the CEO of Microsoft say something like that too. I think when he just got hired, there was a there was an interview with him, and I think he mentioned the same thing. So I think I might be in good company. <laughs> I got a bit of that, but my reasoning is that you know you're always kind of tied to your phone or your laptop, and my uh, wife will get mad at me. So I I buy books because for, for whatever reason it's like a free pass. If, even if it's a technical book, she won't get mad at me if I'm reading a book. But if mm-hmm. I'm on my iPad, then it's a whole another ballgame. So. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good. That's a good thing. That's a good question here. So, Angelo, are you talking about electronic books or paper books? And it sounds like Dwayne, you're into um, electronic, huh? Well, no, no paper. No papers is a free pass. Electronic, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah, I enjoy paper. I enjoy the touch and feel, the uh, the highlighting, the marking up. So I, I think it might be a left brain, right brain thing. Um, I, I heard that one one time where we'll never get rid of paper because, and I don't recall which side it is, but the left brain or right brain, whoever's whichever side you're more uh, geared toward, you 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 prefer to have paper in your hand where you can mark it up, look at it, touch it. So I I think that's that's what it is, but. Well, John, what uh, what's your unknown fact? You're a pretty open guy. Can't imagine there being too much hidden in your closet. Yeah, I've I've been podcasting for for six years now. I'm not quite sure what hasn't come out of my mouth. One of them is uh, one of the earliest documents on the web that has my name on it uh, is from 1995, and it is the frequently asked questions file for the version of Doom that ran on the SGI Silicon Graphics workstation. Wow, so that's I, awesome! I, I was the keeper of the the SGI Doom fact. <laughs> I worked. I was in grad. I was in grad school, and we all had these big fifty thousand dollar workstations from SGI because we did a lot of three D graphics. And the, the Doom guys ported it to the to Irix I, for for some reason, just for shits and giggles, I guess. And uh, and so they they had it and there was no fact so I made the fact and that's that was one of my earliest web documents it's still out there 
I probably lost uh, six months of grad school to playing death matches in our, <laughs> in our lab. Uh, it was good. It was they ported it to X Windows, so that tells you what kind of what year it was. And it's still out there. It's still hanging out on the web. You can still find it if you Google my name. Wow, I will. <laughs> awesome. Show notes. You got. You bet. You bet. Um, hey, Dwayne, what's yours? Well, I'm a Canadian. I can't skate, and so I don't know if that. Uh, <laughs> That's probably the biggest uh, misconception I guess I probably got going for me. Do you have one of those, like, heads that don't meet? <laughs> He's not coordinated, you mean? No, no. In South Park. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I haven't seen it in a bit, but... I don't know if you guys catch it, but if you did see the South Park episodes, I mean, it's it's throughout all of them, including the initial ones. For some reason... Anyone who's Canadian on there has a head, like their animation is like split. It's a different type of a head. <laughs> As a Canadian, I say, I'm sorry. Blame Canada. <laughs> Winter sports has never been um, good on me. I, it probably is a coordination thing. I don't know. I can remember going to the the ski hill in grade five and almost killing myself. And, you know, I was only going down the bunny hill, so it's not even probably possible. So. Is that, is it- <laughs> Is, that must be embarrassing as a Canadian. Do you, do you, how about do you like hockey? Oh, no, okay. This gets worse. My wife is an extremely good player. She plays hockey, and she's really good. So it's like they're always, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Nikki's your wife. She's really good. And then they're like, oh, you don't skate. Um, so. <laughs> Dirty laundry. Angela, are you a, are you a hockey player? Uh, I was hoping no one would ask me, <laughs> but I, uh, I have a hard time stopping. I can skate, but I have a hard time stopping, and I've actually uh, got a number of stitches across the uh, the face, the hand. So I kind of thought maybe that's not for me. So. So wait, you tried when you were young and everything, and you still do it, and you still can't stop. Yeah, yeah, and I know that's kind of odd, but I have a hard time stopping. That's yeah. it. We're we're deporting both of you to Buffalo <laughs> right now. <laughs> On the flip side is my two daughters, they're three and they're both skating. So it's like I give them another two weeks and they're going to surpass me. Here's a question I'm interested in hearing the answer on from from each of you. Uh, Which celebrity would you like to play you in your life story? John? Me, okay. Well, the the little old ladies when I was younger used to say I looked like Jimmy, a young Jimmy Stewart. Uh, so that would be an option. Uh, and now the little old ladies tell me that I look like George Clooney. So I would take either <laughs> of those options. Great. Good. Some every once in a while I get people say Woody Harrelson, but if I had to pick somebody, I probably my life probably is better spent being Jeff Daniels um, for mm. various reasons, as in uh, Dumber and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I have an odd one because uh, – well, I think you'll, you'll you'll figure it out. Uh, I have two. Uh, I'll take I'll take. Uh, so it's a combination of both. I like James Gardner from the Rockford Files. Now I don't have black, uh, dark c- colored hair, and in fact, I don't have a lot of hair on my head. So uh, it's not not for looks, just for his uh, the way he perseveres through uh, a lot of um, a lot of the challenges that he's faced with. And the other one is. Uh, Peter Falk from uh, Columbo, uh, another detective who just perseveres through through um, all those challenges that they're faced with. And in the end, people at times underestimate 
the the individual based on uh, how they look or, or or how they're conducting themselves. But in the end, they 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 come through and are, are able to um, solve the issue. So uh, a little old school for you from the from the seventies. <laughs> Peter Falk, I like it. Did you ever see the movie Wings of Desire? Oh, I love that movie. That's one of my favorites. I haven't seen that. Yeah, Peter Falk has a really interesting role in that. I check it out. I only had two channels back then, so that's my defense. <laughs> <laughs> Laura? For me, that's a pretty easy one, too. Um, I guess I have two. You know, as long as I can, it could be people that have passed already. Betty Davis, because, you know, every character she had ever played took, a life of their, took on a life of their own. And, you know, she's played, she had played good to bad to indifferent people. And I just think she has the range needed to portray, you know, like a geek girl who wears a lot of hats. <laughs> so that's, that's probably my main one. And then I'd also say Charlie Chaplin, because I'm pretty silly and I like to make people laugh. And uh, a lot of people say I'm pretty animated as well. That's an interesting combination. Yeah, that's cool. So our final question, uh, what are you currently working on? John, oh, well, I'm working on this podcast, uh, <laughs> one of my projects. But no, I am uh, currently working. I have got a newsletter that people may know about, the Tech Reckoning Dispatch. It comes out every week. I am in the process of launching a new newsletter, but I'll keep that one a little bit under wraps uh, for the new year. And uh, I'm a, I'm big on email. I'm very bullish on email. Email newsletters are the new blog. I think that spam. Prevention has gotten good enough, and RSS is dead enough. And blogs are hard enough to navigate, and we get so much stuff thrown at us. I think you're going to be seeing a lot of newsletters in 2015, and mine will be one of them. So that's what I'm working on right now. Great, that's in, that's uh, that's interesting. I, I've seen. I'm starting to see a lot of people on Twitter talk about going back to email and 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 newsletters for for delivery of content and and. Stuff so that that's yeah that's that's interesting. We'll see what uh, twenty fifteen brings. Laura, um, well these days um you know I'm having a blast working with you guys. So you know I'm running global community and social media at Nutanix, and I also run a community blog and a Facebook page of my own that's really you know about all things geek from tech to Star Trek to eighties pop culture trivia. Geek Girl on Facebook page. You can find it at facebook.com slash shegeek and geekspeaking.com. Great. Uh, Dwayne? Just prepping for for February. I guess that's kind of like all uh, hands down just internally with sales kickoff and pecs. But uh, I think the the one interesting bit, doing some work with Desktone, just got started with with that and uh, just kind of feeling out the differences. I think I've installed and uninstalled it multiple times trying to learn from my mistakes. So, Are, are you a fan? Yeah, it's, it's a bit different. I think uh, you kind of you trade in certain things for others. Horizon had View Composer, good, good or bad. Um, now you don't have that same type of uh, nuance. You know, when you get talking about desktop as a service and having multiple active directories... It gets more more upfront planning, I guess, from an architecture standpoint. So it's pretty interesting. Great. And I'm spending uh, a lot of my time in the Next community looking to bring uh, relevant information to folks, uh, helping folks find more information. Essentially, in the end, helping folks uh, to do more with the technology, the Nutanix technology. Um, I know uh, we just did a refresh of the site 
So we hope you f- it, it's easier to navigate for folks. So that that's um, something I'm currently working on. And if anyone has any suggestions for any material for this for the site, send us send us an email at community at nutanix.com and we'll do our best to um, see how it fits with the overall the overall site. So that, that's something that um, I'm excited about uh, working on. That uh, is kind of I think on the marketing realms, naming and site structure are probably the two things that's like a thankless job. You know, it doesn't matter how how good it is. There's always going to be someone. So I'm glad I'm glad you're carrying that torch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's uh, tr- hopefully we're we're setting up the site so that there's there'll be um, more engagement on the site, more discussion on the site, more conversation on the site, and bottom line is help people do more with the technology. So we're really really looking forward to to 2015 and and the new site. It's really all things web scale now, right? It Nutanix and other vendor solutions in the web scale segment. Congrats on the big the big launch. I am also uh, looking forward to seeing what happens to that site in the new year. Everything goes right. I think this is the first podcast of 2015. Hope everybody had a happy new year and wish everybody a good year going forward. I'm looking forward to the podcast, guys. Thanks for having me on. Happy New Year, John and everybody else. We probably should have talked about one more thing today, and that is resolutions, but maybe we'll do that next time. <laughs> yeah. Let's all head to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> this is the the time where you just want to pack on weight, so then you have like a really lofty goal to, to set in front of you. <laughs> so thanks for listening to the next Community Podcast. Don't forget to follow Nutanix on Twitter for the latest news and announcements. If you're interested in participating on the podcast or have a topic idea, email community at Nutanix.com. I'm Angelo Luciani. I'm Laura Whalen. Dwayne Lesner. And I'm John Mark Troyer. We look forward to chatting with you again next week. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. I think I screwed that up. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. Do it one more time. Uh, Do what? I stepped on Dwayne. No big deal. Do it one more time, that last part. It can't be done. (laughs) It can't be done.